Hey there, and welcome to the podcast of Real Life Spokane. Merry Christmas. We love you so much. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today. We hope this podcast encourages you and points you closer to Jesus. Let's jump in. thank you, God, for coming to earth. We thank you, Jesus, for being our salvation, our hope, our joy. We come tonight with just humble, grateful hearts, Lord. We love you. We worship you in your name. Amen. Merry Christmas, real life. It is so good to see you. Are you glad to be in the room tonight? We are glad that you are here. Why don't you grab your seat? Man, I am so thankful that God got you here. My name is Richie. I'm lead pastor here. And I believe with all my heart that God got you here for a reason tonight. He wants to speak to you. He wants to reveal himself to you. No matter what has been happening in your life, our God loves to meet you right where you are. He doesn't come with judgment and condemnation, but with love, with a sense of comfort, with his, his power and his presence in a way that uh, is just so life, life-changing. I'm thankful that we get to be together tonight. Thanks. Thanks for being here, man. I, uh, I love you a ton, and uh, I love what Christmas is all about. It's a moment of all, all kinds of celebration, all kinds of tradition, traditions of uh, giving gifts, symbolizing, you know, Jesus, he, he came as God's gift to us, traditions of opening gifts. I'm hearing about some of you crazy people opening gifts like, like I call it free-for-all. Anybody seen Home Alone 2 where it's just like, Everybody runs into the hotel where all the, you know, Kevin just saved Christmas. Am I like all on my own here? No, you like you've been, you've seen Home Alone too, right? And and the the guy he just he gives them like thousands of gifts and they're just like presents flying and kids ripping pre- like some of you, anybody in that camp like free for all camp? That's how we do Christmas. You are weird and I love you, but uh, man, we're ours is like organized. Like you you have to, you know, one at a time, Santa's, you know, handing it to you and it doesn't count unless Santa hands it to you and then you have to say thank you and then we do a little photo, right? And and make sure you record everything and and uh, organized. Can I get an amen for organized people? Okay. Uh, all these traditions are so good. No matter the highs and the lows that you've experienced, Christmas is this this moment every year that we are able to come back to center and be reminded of who Jesus is and what he came to accomplish, what, what he thinks of you and what he is calling to you and, and believing for you. And, and I think about how much you've experienced over this year, 2021, and lots of ups and downs. But there's this consistency. Christmas is coming. Jesus is coming. Like the sunrise every morning, Jesus' mercies are new every morning. He is faithfully always present, always calling, always drawing you back to himself. And I love that we get to be together tonight and just be centered in Jesus. I want to read you the Christmas story. This is a moment that changed all of history. It's special. And as we reflect on what God is doing and has done in this story. I just want to call you to evaluate in your own heart. As a pastor, I think it's kind of my job to ask you how your soul is. Not just like, how are you and how's life and how's things rolling along, but like inside you, your soul is an eternal thing. It's going to live. You're going to live forever, either eternally with God in heaven or separated from God in hell. And we 
are passionate about this reality and, and have, feel a, a sense of responsibility to not just let another Christmas pass us by, but to honestly reflect and go, yeah, yeah, Richie, how is my soul? Where am I? Am I connected to God? Am I submitted to Him? Am I sensing His presence and knowing His voice and, and, and being led and carried along by His Spirit? Or am I kind of doing my own thing? Have I drifted off? Maybe it's been a, a series of events and you found yourself distant and disconnected from God. Wherever you are tonight, I'm praying that God speaks through this story to every single one of us. Luke chapter 2. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby. They were keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. Just think of the understatement of this for a moment. An angel shows up in the middle of the night, in the middle of nowhere, in the sky. You're just a shepherd minding your flock, and here comes an angel of God. And not only that, but the glory of God himself surrounds you. They were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Good news of great joy. A Savior has been born. I don't know what this does to you when you hear the beginning of this story, but just think about this for a moment, that, that the good news of a Savior is really only good news to those who need saving. It'd be easy just to Look at your life and, and, and kind of cruise through another Christmas season and another moment at church or another opportunity like this. But honestly, when you evaluate what makes this good news of great joy is that the people were desperate for salvation. They had been longing for hundreds of years for the promised one, the Messiah, the awaited one to finally come. They, they had talked about it, prophesied about it. People had been waiting and waiting and waiting. And yet this announcement comes in this obscure moment in the middle of the night to a bunch of nobodies that this, this amazing moment is finally here, the Savior, the one you've been waiting you need saving. Because this isn't really good news if you kind of got life figured out and everything works and your plans are all happening the way you've always thought they should be happening and you're just cruising along, making life work according to your own deal. But if you look around our world, it's pretty clear that we've got some problems. Sickness, pain, war, racism, political stuff, divides, you don't have to look far to know like our world has got issues. But then maybe you look just a little bit closer. People you know, depression, suicide, anxieties, fears, marriages that are in trouble. These aren't like far off people that you once heard about. These are your friends and families and your marriages and your kids and your struggles. Maybe just look internally for a moment and you would realize that there's a question 
still burning in your soul, like who am I and what am I here for and what purpose do I have and is this life impactful and meaningful or am I just going through motions? Is this really something that should be kind of worth living for? These questions are questions that have always nagged at the back of human hearts and minds. We've always longed for a purpose and an existence. See, God knew this. He made us to be in relationship with him. When he formed us, he formed us with a connection and a desire for connection with him. But the moment that we sinned, when Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, we, we, we began this rebellious slide away from God. The Bible says, like sheep, we have all wandered away. We're not bad sheep, we're just sheep. We just drift. We just get out of sync with God and we just walk our own way and do our own thing. And, and pretty soon these questions are just nagging at our hearts and we don't feel like we have answers and so we just kind of try to just buckle down and make life work a little bit better until we get a moment like this tonight to ask ourselves a real and an honest question do I need saving is this good news of great joy for me that salvation would come for me the Bible says that every single one of us has fallen short of God's glorious standard. His standard is perfection. For us to be right with God, we have to be perfect. Every single one of us has fallen short of that standard. Every single one of us needs sin. This announcement is a really big deal. The angel says to the shepherds, this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby, a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. Think of this, God as a baby. Suddenly, maybe just to emphasize this announcement, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's go see this thing which has happened that the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off. They found Mary, they found Joseph, and they found the baby who was lying in the manger. A baby. I you to think about this statement right here that God came as a baby. Maybe, you, maybe you're going to light a candle for baby Jesus tonight or tomorrow morning. Sing happy birthday. I want you to just think about this though. Like the God of the universe who, who spoke the sun into existence. Who at just a thought made it snow out here tonight. With a breath flung galaxies of stars into the, to the sky every detail of every cell of your body he knew and he planned perfectly that God the creator the sustainer of all life he came as a baby I would have probably included a big white horse or an army some trumpets come on God right like something but a baby like our humanity is is so frail I just two days ago walking around the corner stubbed my pinky toe on the molding on the ground there. Nothing like that will bring you to your knees so fast, right? 
When you just like, we are frail people. We are. I mean, you skin a knee, you, you get a, a paper cut. Like that is such a small, but, but, but like we are so weak, so frail. And, and yet God humbles himself and comes as a baby. Why? God knew that if he was going to save us, he had to become one of us. Because the justice of God demands payment for our sin. God can't overlook your sin and just pretend like it didn't exist. How unfair would that be if God was like, well, these certain people or these religious ones, they get in, but everybody else is out. No, 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 no. Our God is a God of justice. And so every sin had to be atoned for. And so the Bible says that he who knew no sin, Jesus, became perfect, sinless, walked through every temptation and trial that you've ever walked through, every pain that you've ever experienced, Jesus has been in the middle of, every temptation that you have fallen down in, Jesus has stood up against and never, ever sinned. He who knew no sin became sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is the good news of great joy that will be for all the people is those that need saving. A savior is coming, not just any savior, somebody who would walk with them, among them, as one of them, and then willingly take our sin on himself. Go to that cross, die the death that we deserve to die. The Bible says the wages of our sin is death. That's what it costs, that's the penalty. But Jesus chose to substitute himself on our behalf. And that he would, in exchange, he would give us his perfection so that now we could be made right with God. This is good news of great joy, right? That, that, that you and I could be right with God. A baby. God's salvation. Listen to how this story finishes. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. How could you not? The Savior's here. The Savior. Anybody that's been lost without hope, the Savior is here. And all who heard it were amazed. I just wonder if some of that amazement has slipped away from our hearts. Mary, she treasured up all of these things and she pondered them in her heart. The shepherds, they returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. See, this is Christmas. Every year, the highs and the lows, they come and they go, they pass us by, life is always happening. But here comes Christmas again. It's a reminder of everything that God has said. It's just as he said. Everything that he ever promised to do, he does. Our God is a God of promise and fulfillment. 
a God of salvation and hope, a God of freedom and joy, a God of transformation and power, a God who loves to take you from wherever you are and lead you toward the potential that he has for your life, the plan that he has for your life. Every question he loves to answer, every longing he is the fulfillment of. Our God is a God who doesn't stand at a distance and wait for you to get your act together, but comes right in the middle of your life and meets you right where you are. He is so good and he loves you so, so much. So much that he would get you here tonight. Our God always does what our God says he will do. We love to talk about it around here like he does his part. Here's what makes Christmas amazing is when you and I decide to do our part. That we don't just let another year pass us by and another moment like this just come and go. But that we honestly look at our souls and go, wow, where am I with you? God, am I, am I humble before you? Am I contrite? Am I repentant? Our part is to be these humble, repentant people who recognize I need a Savior. And thank you, God, that you would come to save me. Our part is to spread the word to everybody about what God has done in our lives and is doing through us as a people and to help as many people experience what God is doing in our lives. This, this is the invitation for us is that this would be a season of good news and great joy for all the people. Salvation is here and his name is Jesus. I pray that you would have the humility, the courage tonight to lower your defenses, your pride, your self-sufficiency, the getting life right just say, I need a Savior. I need to be saved. I need hope. I need life. I need purpose. I need freedom. I need healing. I need a Savior. Come on, if that's your honest prayer tonight, would you just pray with me? God, we need saving. You came because you saw us lost and broken and wandering and drifting, God. You came to rescue. You came to love. You didn't come to condemn, God. You came to save. We thank you, God. Here we are, humble. Here we are, repentant. Desperate, God, for your forgiveness, for you to wash away our sin, to make us whole, to make us clean, to make us right. God, we understand it's not our righteousness, but it's Jesus' perfection that we can make our own right now. So we just say yes. Yes, Lord. Thank you for Christmas. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for hope. Thank you for Jesus. Christmas. And God loves you. God is saving you. What I would love to do is just spend a moment 
participating in something that we love to do as a church it's called communion it's the lord's supper he gave it to us as a gift when he was leaving and it's something that the church has practiced for the last couple thousand years as an opportunity for us to recenter our hearts on jesus it's only practiced by believers it's not practiced by people who don't have faith in jesus christ but here's what we're believing is through these last few minutes of prayer that you have been humbling yourself, repenting, coming to faith in Jesus Christ, and that you have a heart that says, yes, God, I believe that you are my God and you are my Savior, and I'm committed to live for you. Our team is coming right now, communion team, if you guys would. I want you to take one of these and hold on to it. The bread is under in the bottom cup, and then the, the drink is on top. And I want you to hold it as we just pray and reflect for a moment. The first thing I would love for you, to, you and God, to, to talk about, you and him. Just any sin, any hindrance, any broken moment, regret, place of bitterness, anything that you've been holding on to that's keeping you from God. Our God sees you. He knows those thoughts. He's seen those actions. He knows those words. And yet he still loves you. There's no sin too great for his grace. His grace is here tonight. If you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you of sin and purify you from all unrighteousness. Just confess it before. Thing that we love as a church about communion is that for the last 2,000 years, wherever followers of Jesus have practiced this, it's always been the great unifier. Every division and stronghold and wall of hostility is broken down in this moment because there's an admission here. When we put this in our body, we're admitting, I don't have what it takes, but thank God that you sent Jesus. Jesus is the way that we unify. We have one faith, one hope, one Lord, one baptism. It is His Spirit that unifies us as His people. So here's what I want you to pray. Any place of division in your life, in your marriage, in your family, in your extended family, I want you to just plead Jesus' unity over that place of division right now. that he would heal those broken places, that he would cover over those wounds, that he'd give you the power to release the bitterness. Jesus lived from this moment in Luke 2, 30 years of obscurity. Nobody knew who he was. 
and then three years of public ministry until he gave us this meal, what is known as the Last Supper. Where Jesus was with his disciples and one of them was about to betray him and hand him over to the Romans. And Jesus took some bread. After he'd given thanks, he broke it and he said, gave it to them and he said to them, this is my body which is given for you. Every time you eat this, remember me. Let's eat and remember Jesus together tonight. In the same way after dinner, he took the cup and he says, this cup is the blood of the new covenant. It's poured out for the forgiveness of sins. Every time you drink this, remember me. Let's drink and remember Jesus together tonight. Oh, God is working. I don't know what it is about you guys. Last service make me cry like this. That's good. I love being with you. Would you, uh, would you stand your feet with me? Let's just respond tonight in worship. These guys are going to lead us in a few more songs. This is a moment for us just to Allow God to continue this work that he's begun in your heart tonight. Come on, let's sing, let's worship. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Real Life Spokane podcast. We exist to reach this world for Jesus one person at a time. And you can help us do that by liking, sharing, or subscribing to this podcast. Merry Christmas, Real Life. We love you so much and we'll see you later.